Welcome to Rebel Health Radio, bringing the best in alternative and integrative medicine to your ears. Hi everyone, Patricia Warby, Alchemy Therapies here. And I want to talk to you today about a book called The Polyvagal Theory by Stephen Porges. Here it is, it's a hardback, um, although I do believe it's available in softback now as well. In 2015, I had the absolute privilege of seeing Stephen present some of the information from this book at a conference I attended um, on trauma. And some of the information that he conveyed during the two hour session, because it was a sort of workshop, was so astounding. And it so changed my view of our physiology and how we neurally regulate ourselves and our feelings and our states, our emotional states, that I immediately bought the book and brought it home and proceeded to try and read it. And I want to say to you now, I can't recommend this book in terms of it being a general read, because it really isn't. It's a series of papers, really, collected together as a book. And it's extremely complex. And I would not recommend it for anyone other than a neurophysiologist or someone involved in you know, kind of scientific research who wants to know more. But the information contained in it and the application of that has ramified far and wide into all areas um, from kind of education to trauma generally, just in therapy, working with people with trauma. And it discusses autism and some of the defects in the brain that regulate the feelings in, in the body, not just uh, behaviours, but how the children feel. So it has application to all kinds of fields, really. Social care, the prison system, and therapy, as I've said, generally. But if you want an easier book, he's now produced one called The Pocket Guide, which I'm sure has been as a response to some of the comments about this one. But let me just summarise what I think this new theory tells us? Well, what it basically says is that human beings have not just two systems that control our regulation, as we were taught. So we were previously taught that we had the sympathetic system, the fight and flight system, versus the parasympathetic or rest and digest system. And that one would speed up our heart and make us want to defend ourselves. It's a mobilization response. And the other would slow us down and enable us to rest and digest. But what we found is actually that it's a lot more complex than that. And that there are two forms of the parasympathetic. And one is actually, yes, the rest and digest system. But there is a, a third system which is below the other two which is more to do with a sort of preparation for death threat or sometimes called the freeze response. And these are inherited from our uh, reptilian ancestors. And so in the human brain, we actually have a sort of three layered system. It's called the triune brain. And these map fairly well to the autonomics, to this three layered system of threat detection. So basically, if you feel under threat, your top level parasympathetic system, the one that's that lovely connection with others, the social interaction and feeling good about yourself goes offline. And you are left with the other two systems, which are much more primitive. They're much um, more reflexive, less kind of thought through 
and more basic. And I think we're seeing a lot of that response at the moment because we're under a sort of social threat right now of, of massive proportions. And so a lot of people are dependent on these reflexive behaviours which don't allow for communication, which don't allow for tolerance of intimacy and connection and difference between us, you know, and there's no interplay, there's no creativity, it's just all defence and attack. So it is a really, really important understanding. And where it comes from basically is the early experiences that we have as babies. And if our, because our brains are very mature, if our experience is one of being cuddled and our needs being met consistently, the social engagement system, which when we're not born with, it comes online after birth, starts to develop in ways that allow our internal signals to be calmed. One of the most important features, actually, of the social engagement system is to slow down our heart rate without using the hormonal system. It's, it's a much more fine-tuned system that can re react to our environment in, in a much more delicate way. So if the baby is feeling cuddled and supported and understood and the needs are being met, the baby's heart is, is slowed nicely and it can feel good about itself. It can coo and giggle and, and generally feed, you know, and sustain itself. And what that does is develop the neurological circuits in the brain, primarily the vagus nerve, hence polyvagal, many vagus, because it's not just one vagus nerve. There are many and they, they differ left to right and they come from slightly different parts of the brain down into our visceral organs, one of which, of course, is the heart, but it's all the visceral organs as well, to make us feel good. And so the baby can learn to develop those connections and can actually learn to feel safe in the world, connected with others, and neurologically regulate their behavioural states or their feeling states. But as we know, that doesn't always happen. And if the baby has any disruption in that connection, and I've talked about this before in my own book, The Scar That Won't Heal, um, I was born with a birthmark over one side of my face, which was quite severe. I think it caused my mother a lot of distress to look at me because she felt guilty or bad about that. And of course, when showing me off to other people, there was a look on their faces too, which I think my little baby brain picked up, that I was somehow not acceptable in some way and so perhaps my social engagement system didn't come on as well as it might have done there were other issues in my family as well which I won't go into here they're all in the book which kind of developed me to have a very greater sense of threat in, in my environment rather than safety so I never felt neurologically safe and that's something that most people don't even understand they don't understand that there's this distinction between feeling safe or not safe but when I explain it to people, they have a concept of it and they realise that they, they don't have it. Most of the people that come to see me don't have it. And so they get conditions later in life to do with anxiety or, you know, an uncontrolled feeling state, which they can't regulate. Difficulties in relationships, for instance. Difficulties deciding on what to do in their lives and how to be. So it all comes from this early experience. It's one of the most profound things. And if it's disrupted by anything that involves um, a disconnect between the baby and the caregiver, usually mother in the first six months, it can be father later on. The 
brain has to adapt to that environment using these two lower states, the fight and flight, which is your sympathetic state, um, which is fast. It's linked to your hormonal system, but therefore can be uh, less responsive. Um, It can be uh, less fine-tuned, let's say, and it will speed you up. It will make you very agitated. This is the kind of state that a lot of people come to see me in. You know, they, they can't shut their brains down. They can't stop thinking and ruminating. And their heart rate is dysregulated and they feel quite unwell. They can't digest properly. Their immune system is out of balance. So they tend to have childhood issues of allergies and gut issues quite frequently as well. And then the third system which may come in if fight and flight doesn't work is the freeze system. And equally, I get a lot of people in that state to come come and see me too. And these are profound states of energy dysregulation where basically you're in a freeze state. So your energy production has been deliberately down-regulated to be the minimum to keep you alive. And this is the basis of chronic fatigue, um, some of the chronic pain states, And even, I believe now, um, long-haul COVID, which is where uh, you have had a trigger in the adult environment, which has reminded the body of previous states of being unsafe, of this incredible threat, which overwhelms the social engagement top level, uh, which if it didn't come on properly anyway, is, is not so well adjusted. And the neuroception, which is the word given to the detection of threat or safety, is is definitely geared towards threat. And so anything that comes into the body at a later stage to trigger that um, reflexive response will actually create huge numbers of symptoms in the body, because this isn't just a, a a psychological concept because of the vagus nerve going down into all the organs of the body you will actually start to get these physical symptoms as well so this is a profound book but as i say i would recommend probably read chapter two which is the basic understanding see if you can get your head around that maybe also there's a chapter further on about autism which i find very profound and It also links in with schizophrenia as well. So some of these extreme conditions that we see where physiological states are not able to be regulated are actually as a response to the failure of the social engagement system to come online. And by the way, when you're listening to me now, your social engagement system is hopefully reacting to me because I'm using a deliberately prosodic voice. You know, my voice is going up and down and it's it's regulated. Also, my facial expressions, I've been told I have a very expressive face, which I do. I'm not frozen. And I get a lot of clients who are very frozen in their face. So their facial expressions are very blank. And I'm going to just go deliberately blank now and just not vary my voice very much. And you will notice the difference perhaps in the way you feel when you're listening to me right now compared to how I normally am. And when I'm working with people, that's one of the things that their body responds to more than any of the words I say is how I intonate, how I engage with them. You know, the fact that I lean forward and I have smiley eyes. <laughs> we talk about smile lines, but they, you know, as you get older, you definitely get more of those. But generally that they feel safe in my company, but they don't understand that as a concept. They just feel it. And this is three quarters of what I do is helping people feel safe in order to explore 
some of the emotions and experiences of their lives that have not been resolved as over and so as triggering them in their current life to produce all sorts of uncontrollable behaviors. So polyvagal theory really underscores what I do. And it is a profound theory that affects so many different things. There is a book by Deb Dana, who uh, is a therapist like me, and she has, I think, summarized it in an approach to therapy, which I would recommend more than this one. But I have to say, this is one of those seminal works that if it hadn't been written, uh, if this knowledge wasn't out there, I think we'd all be a lot worse off. And at least we now have tools to help people get through these physiological states that they're in, which they don't understand. And right now we're in a, a social trauma. Uh, we're going through that as I as I record this with, you know, COVID social distancing. Can you imagine how social distancing, given what I've just told you about social engagement, is so divisive? It's so dysregulating because the one thing we are geared towards is connection with other people. And without connection, we can feel very frightened indeed and very shut down on occasion as well. And so I think it's a highly relevant understanding, a highly relevant book. And thank goodness it has been written. And we need more people out there who understand this, who work within this frame. There are other people who are sort of developing these ideas, as I've explained. The foreword to this book is by Bessel van der Kolk, whose book, The Body Keeps the Score, I'll probably do a, a separate review of that one, is, is another great work. And I'm so proud that I've been able to read them and understand them. And, you know, my scientific background has helped a lot in this. But even then, I do struggle with some of the concepts. But I'm trying to distill the ideas that I've read here, uh, in particular, this three level system of varying speed as well. I should say the social engagement system is a myelinated system. It's fast. You know, that's why we can react very, very quickly to whether something's safe or not. Um, but as we go down the layers, things slow down a little bit, particularly with the freeze response, which is unmyelinated. Myelin is a fatty sheath that surrounds the nerves in the body, and it's like an insulator along a wire. So it helps to promote the speed of transmission. And so our top level system, social engagement, is the fastest system out there. And it is the most developed in primates particularly, but it is a mammalian system and it enables us to engage in pro-social behaviours like uh, intimacy, being with another person sexually and also just collectively. It enables play and creativity as well when safety is present. Without that, we are left with these two defensive systems which seek to attack or run away or just shut down altogether and numb ourselves. And I think we're seeing the evidence of that right now. If you want to explore more about this theory in practice and how I use it, please do check out my other videos on my YouTube channel. And also, you know, feel free to contact me. I'm always happy to engage. Take care, everyone. Stay safe. Hey, hope you enjoyed listening to Rebel Health Radio. Do subscribe and look forward to catching you soon.